A reading from Isaiah. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord. Psalm 34. We will read responsibly by the half verse as indicated by the asterisk. At all times I will bless the Lord. I will glory in the Lord. Proclaim with me the greatness of the Lord. I sought the Lord who answered me. Look upon the Lord and be radiant. I called in my affliction, and the Lord heard me. The angel of the Lord encompasses the God-fearing. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Fear the Lord, you holy ones. A reading from Galatians. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in the remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate the feast of Saint Mary, the mother of God. The Gospel reading that we heard is often called the Magnificat. It's Mary's song of praise that she sings while she is still pregnant. She's in the company of her cousin Elizabeth at the time. Within these words, Mary identifies herself as blessed. 
But what does it mean to be blessed? What does it look like? Mary is not given some financial gain. She doesn't have abundance of possessions. She's not placed in some position of great power. No, in fact, Mary, her blessing is that she is pregnant by the most unusual means in a society that would surely question her moral standing. She is young, very young, and told that she is being given a huge responsibility, one that most of us would probably want to shy away from. She is given new adult roles overnight. At the point that she is singing this song of praise, the news, the initial shock from the angel, has probably set in, but the overwhelming feeling that she must have must still be huge. I find it hard to imagine that Mary, at this point in her life, can feel blessed, that she understands that what is happening to her and to her body is a blessing. And yet somehow, she does. As I think about this and this difficulty I have with identifying it as a blessing, I begin to wonder if that is because what I would identify as a blessing today is not equal to what scripture would identify as a blessing. Blessing today is usually something to do with the goods that we have and the opportunities that happen to us. Count your blessings is a sign that we see everywhere, especially now as pumpkin spice season is upon us. The holidays are everywhere. I was in Michael's the other day and everything Thanksgiving was already up and that phrase was everywhere. Counting your blessings probably often seems to equate to being thankful for your possessions, your relationships, and the opportunities in your life. But I wonder if what we label as blessings are actually true blessings, as scripture understood them. So what may we be able to learn about blessings from Mary and what God had done in her life? First, I suggest that blessings are gifts. It's not about being lucky. They're not conditional on where we are born or who our parents are. They are not based on our hard work. Blessings are not earned. It is not a case of working hard enough or being deserving enough. Blessings from God are outside of all of these things. God does bless us, this I believe, but it is not conditional upon us. It's not conditional upon who we are or what we do. Mary was given a gift of being the earthly mother of God. And there's no real indication that Mary had done anything special to acquire this blessing. Scripture does not tell us that she was any more devout or any more disciplined. The only thing that we know for certain is that Mary had the strength and the courage to say yes. There are others in scripture who are also identified as blessed. Abraham is one of them. A quick look at his story 
And we see a similar case, I think, when you read how God first declares the blessing for Abraham. God does not say, because you have done this, I will do this. No, God just jumps right into telling Abraham how he will be blessed. Many of you here are probably homeowners. And having a nice, comfortable home in, ways, in, in many ways probably feels like a blessing or a gift. And I do believe it is something worthy of being grateful for. But I'm not sure if, if this is really a blessing, at least not by a scriptural definition. The house that you were able to acquire is likely from a combination of things, some things that you have done, you've worked hard, you've been disciplined in saving money, and you were able to maintain a good credit score, but some things were outside of your control that helped you to have a house. It might be that you are part of a favored people group in this society, which meant you had advantages, especially in education, and employment. Reality is, houses that you live in, the neighborhoods where they are, may be some neighborhoods where others may not feel as welcomed as you are. There are many others in America and in this city who labor just as hard as you and I do, but will likely never have the advantages to be able to own a house themselves. I think of the men who have been tirelessly putting new roof on my apartment building uh, this last week. They've actually been there about two weeks, from about 8 a.m. in the morning till 8 p.m. at night. A little siesta in the afternoon, but not very long. And the heat has been ridiculous. I know I'm not from around here, but to me at least it feels ridiculous. I can't imagine working 12 hours a day, six days a week, on a roof. And yet, these men, I'm pretty sure, do not have what it takes to be able to own a house in America. A house is something truly worthy of being thankful for, yet it is good to be able to identify how you have been able to become a homeowner, to see where God did in fact have a hand in it, but also to recognize where other factors may have played a role. And I believe that this is important to point out as an example, because things that are truly blessings are things that you have acquired at no detriment to anyone else. No one else had to suffer for what you have. Blessings, I believe, are things that promote equality. They promote the idea of shalom, the world as it should be. So, blessings are gifts, not earnings. Blessings are also given so that you have a chance to serve, a chance to care for, and a chance to love on others. It is not to be focused solely inwardly, not just for your own personal gain. Blessings are for the whole. Often, things that I think we see as blessings are things that are primarily there to serve ourselves. 
and not the world around us. When I get to take a vacation to the beach, something I love to do, I may say, oh, it's such a blessing to be here. And I think it's important to identify that being able to go to the beach is a gift, something that I should not take for granted. But the truth is, it's really just there to serve me. Now saying that, if you're burnt out, if you're at the end of your rope, if you truly need to take a break, and then you can come back and be restored and refreshed so you can once again live into your vocation, so you can once again serve other people, and someone you know offers you a week at their cabin in the woods, that might be a bit of a blessing. But it's partially because of that, that personal health that you're getting is going to be able to serve other people. Mary was blessed with a child, but not only so she could personally experience the joys of parenthood, Mary was blessed to be the bearer of the incarnation so that God could bring salvation to the world. By being blessed, Mary got to participate in the pivotal event that would change the course of history. This blessing was truly for the whole world. This idea of being blessed so that you can care for others is seen clearly in what God says to Abraham. When God is giving the first announcement of a blessing, God says, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. When God blesses us, it is so that we can be active participants in bringing God's salvation to the world, that we can be active participants in making the kingdom come, being active participants in bringing love to the world. A third thing I think that we can see about blessings here is that they're not always meant to be easy. Mary was blessed to be the mother of God, and it caused her great suffering. Even early on, Simeon knew that this would be the case. When Mary had taken Jesus to the temple, Simeon says to her, Jesus was destined to do great things, but those things will pierce your soul. Imagine all the pain that she must have gone through witnessing what Jesus had to go through. Her blessing was not easy, but it would be worth it. If we take the words of the Magnificat and we don't overly spiritualize what it says, we here today, who are mostly majority white middle class and American, might begin to feel a bit uneasy by the words that Mary says. Mary speaks of an upside-down kingdom. The proud are scattered, the powerful are brought low, and the rich are sent away empty. Flipping this world upside down, like flipping the money tables in the temple, this is what got Jesus killed. 
It's a worldview that continues to get people killed today. There have actually been many times throughout history that these words of the Magnificat were outlawed because they were thought to be too revolutionary. Even if this idea and this worldview does not get you killed, it calls into a lifestyle, it calls into question a lifestyle that many of us, myself included, probably strive for. Speaking for myself, this makes me uneasy. If I'm honest, I too often fall on the side of those who will lose in this scenario. I put my trust in knowing that by losing in some way, we're still winning. Blessings surely are not for the faint of heart. Yet through all of this, Mary says yes. She is willing to take on this blessing. She accepts the responsibilities with all of its hardships that are to come, both those known and unknown. Not only does she say yes and bear the Son of God, but she stays connected to him through his life. She journeys with him, and she is even present to witness his death on the cross. She keeps saying yes to this blessing. So I have a few final questions for you today. What are you truly blessed with? And who are you sharing these blessings with? What are the world-altering implications of your blessings? And will you keep saying yes?